fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sunday Night Show. We are rocking and rolling here on Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Eve Cummings. And recapping Week 10, scale of 0 to 10. How was Week 10, Eve Cummings? Oh, it was a 10. It was off the charts. Best week yeah, of the season. But before I talk about Week 10, I've got some regulating that I have to do. Before you do that, we already did this on Friday show. I know you weren't there, but we no, already no, talked no. about Something it. happened that was beyond the scope of anything I thought was possible. Okay. What? You, you, were, you were given... Marlon Mack back, and I, I understand that. I understand the reasoning behind it. Sometimes you have people in your league that don't pay as much attention as everyone else. We're just playing for fun. You don't want those people to just be terrible, so you give them players back when they accidentally drop it. That's fine. <laughs> that uh, part I'm okay with. Thanks. When, when you were given Marlon Mack back, what player was taken off your roster? The Vikings DST. Okay. That's who and I... You picked, you picked up who... The Redskins DST. So the transaction was not reversed. Well, no, I meant to drop the Vikings for the Redskins, and that I, I is meant... a complete violation. But he he of waited anything that could have been ruled upon. So what? Not... Jamie waited until Saturday night at near midnight to make this transaction. So what 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 would you have done? What should the what I should would, have happened? I would have if I was going to give you Marlon back back. The Washington Redskins would have no longer been on your team. Why? What's the big deal? Who cares? Because you picked them up when you dropped Marlon Mack. If you want Marlon Mack back, you cannot have the player you picked up. So bring it up with Jamie. Did it make a difference? Did I beat um, you in that league or something like that? I did not play you. You're still, um, your, your match is ongoing. But that was a complete and utter failure on Jamie's part as a commissioner. <laughs> I'm probably going to lose this week, okay? And Marlon Mack is I'm a big reason. I'm going to try to kick him out of the league. Big reason for it. Are you going to kick out the commission? All right. Dave, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm, I have nothing that needs regulating. Good. We had an amazing time in New York City at the CBS tailgate. Uh, Heath and I would tell you all about it, but we've got a lot to recap. Yeah. If you ask me to give uh, Week 10 a number on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a Q. This was a ridiculous week. It was <laughs> wacky. It was different, but it was very fun, despite the fact that there were only two legitimately close games. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting fantasy storylines to talk about. Yeah, and I think the one thing that jumped out to me really is that, it, you know, this doesn't mean that this will be the case every week. This doesn't mean that this will, this will be the case next year or whatnot. But if you were someone who drafted a lot of young running backs that had to sort of emerge from their backfield and yet you waited and you were patient, this was a great week for you. Nick Chubb is the number one running back in non-PPR this week. Uh, I think he's number three in PPR. Uh, Aaron Jones had an amazing game as the start of the week. 28 fantasy points in non-PPR, 31 in PPR. on Johnson, uh, he was started in about half our leagues. He's obviously owned everywhere, but I did not think on Johnson was going to be a good start this week. He had a great game against the Bears. And then the real surprising one was Rashad Penny, who had one more carry than Mike Davis. Um, Mike Davis also had a good game, but Rashad Penny... Uh, was outstanding. Uh, what do you have? He had twelve carries for one hundred eight yards and a touchdown. He had a big long run uh, that set up a, a fairly long touchdown run, but still, 
Yeah. A, a very good game, and he's going to put himself in position to work alongside Chris Carson whenever Chris Carson comes back. But, we yeah. got we really got bailed out on Mike Davis with that yeah, touchdown catch. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. We really did, because once Penny had those back-to-back long runs, he totaled like 56 yards in the touchdown on back-to-back carries. Uh, you knew that he was going to be the hot hand and that the Seahawks coaches would lean on him a little more than normal. So, yeah, that was just kind of something that occurred to me. It was a good day for those rookie second-year running backs. And, and Heath, um, anything to add? Anything that stood out to you? Big theme? Thank you, Corey Davis. Vindication. Yeah, all right, winner. Let's do winners. Heath, we'll start with your winners. Corey Davis is one of them. Um, Corey Davis against the Patriots had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Seven catches, 125 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. And uh, he will face Indianapolis on the road next week. I love it. It's a great matchup against the Colts. The schedule's coming together. This was actually a tough matchup for number one wide receiver so far this year. But he fought through it, made a phenomenal touchdown catch. The talent shown through. The targets mattered. Uh, I'm going to count on him. I, I had him ranked this week as a high-end number three wide receiver. I don't Maybe a low-end number two. I don't know that I'm going to move him much higher than that. But I will feel more comfortable next week with that ranking and with starting him as a number two. You're absolutely going to move him up. There's six teams on by, and he's playing the Colts. And Marcus Mariota is playing considerably better than he did before because his hand is healthier. He can feel healthier. his fingers. That helps. That, that is a big deal, it turns out, for a quarterback. And this was the game, we talked about it all week long, that this was Josh Gordon going up against Malcolm Butler, and he's going to torch Malcolm Butler. And it was Corey Davis torching Stephon Gilmore. And Gilmore had been playing great this year. Yeah. This was kind of a coming-out party for Corey Davis. I, I, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to totally buy in, but next week he's going to be a top-24 receiver. And your other winner, Heath, is Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram had 13 carries, 104 yards, plus three catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Yes, and we will take that type of workload. You give Mark Ingram 15 touches on a regular basis, you're going to be very happy with him as a low-end number two running back. There was some concern last week with him not getting the goal line work with the fumble that he had that, oh, no, Mark Ingram's basically just a backup running back for the Saints, and this was an excellent performance. He actually had more carries than Alvin Kamara once again, once again more receiving yards. feel very good about starting both these running backs. Well, if you look at them, right, because one thing I do every week is I sort of chart the reds, the not the red zone, but the goal-to-go carries and, and who's in when. And I'll try to look through my notes, but I, I think Kamara probably got more. They both yes, got a lot. Yeah, they both got, you know, th- this was a great game. But they scored 51 points, and he played great against Cincinnati, which has proven to be one of the worst defenses. Um, but the great thing is, like, they scored 51 points, and that's part of the reason they were both so good. I don't know if either one of them were on the field for a fourth quarter snap. Sure, I'm just wondering. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with what you said about him being a low-end number two. I do wonder, though, if people who waited four weeks to start to have Mark Ingram were expecting more like a low-end number one. And if you That's think what that's- I was hoping for, yes. And it's... Listen, I think moving forward, this, the game next week against the Eagles isn't great, but then the schedule's not too bad after that. Yeah, I think that there's like Atlanta, there's Tampa Bay, there's some good matchups in there. All right, Dave, let's go to your winners. And, you know, we like workload. We didn't know what to expect from Leonard Fournette, but he's the guy. He ran, he ran one in, 
he had three consecutive runs in goal to go situations. He tried to leap in from like the seven yard line. That didn't quite work. It was like the two, but it didn't work. Then he got in the next play and he caught a touchdown. Leonard Fournette is a big winner. So much for workload concerns or easing him back in, leaning on Carlos Hyde. What? Why did they trade for Carlos Hyde? That, that's yeah, dumb. So stupid. But what's smart is that they waited and waited and waited to bring Leonard Fournette back. And even though he didn't average four yards a carry, uh, he didn't even average three yards per carry. He made a difference he didn't, in the past. He didn't game. even barely average two. Yeah, he was a little more than two <laughs> yards per carry against Indianapolis. Yikes. But he still scored the touchdown, like Adam said. He had 29 he touches. Touchdown. Holy cow. Yeah, they, uh, they are making up for lost time. And I think anybody who waited for Leonard Fournette to come back, hopefully they were rewarded if they started him. If they didn't, then at the very least you know that the Jaguars won't have a problem leaning on him. They play Pittsburgh next week. It's not the easiest matchup in the world, but at least they're at home and it's on Sunday night. I think they've got a good chance to give Fournette a lot of carries there as they try and control the game. And uh, and the fact that he was catching passes, five targets, five grabs. Bortles was checking it down like a madman today. Like Patrick Mahomes throws a deep, Blake Bortles goes, oh, yeah, well, watch this. And he thinks it three yards every time. And that helped T.J. Yeldon, but it really helped Leonard Fournette. This adds another dimension to his game if this continues to happen. And I think Leonard Fournette's going to be right back to where we would have started him Week one, week two, early so, on in the season. Uh, uh, all right. Pretty much a must-start fantasy running back. Who would you rather have rest of the season, Fournette or Nick Chubb? Chubb. Yeah. Really? Even after all the poetic I just waxed, I'll, I'll take Well, that. I mean, you got five catches from Leonard Fournette. You're not likely to get that. touchdown catch from Nick Chubb, and I know you we're not going to get 90-yard runs from Nick Chubb every single week. but Although, he's does been he really have good more 50-yard he... carries than Leonard Fournette does in his career? He might. And I, that Browns offense has changed, as we'll talk about later on. Does he have more than one? Does Fournette? I, I can look. No, does Chubb? Fournette definitely. Yeah, has Fournette. A Fournette had one. Like I want to say in his first game, uh, I said big... fifty yard carries. He had two when Carlos Hyde was still the starting running. Back. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I'm might, looking up might. right. You, you really want to know? Terrific. I'll look it up. Chubb's terrific. Uh, he, he had he had another twenty carries, 176 yards on a touchdown, and a 92 yard touchdown run, and he caught. Three balls for 33 yards and a touchdown. Would you rather have Aaron Jones or Leonard Fournette? I'll take Fournette. I'll take Jones. So they, you're not buying in. To I mean, he wasn't good at all in this game. You're not. It was. You're not. It was good to see him get the, the workload. workload. Yeah, like I think that that's the name of the game. Doesn't matter if he's good. I mean, he's going to get so many carries. He's going to get all their touchdowns. He had. I'm not saying you don't start him. But what Aaron are you Jones saying? Was a superstar today. Nick Chubb was a superstar today. It's true. And, and the thing is, like, I think Aaron Jones might win people their fantasy leagues. I think I, he, sure. He, but I think just, Leonard Fournette could do the exact yeah, same thing. It's true. Especially people, you know, buying low is a real thing in fantasy, and people who did that with Fournette should be rewarded. He had two carries as in, a, in his rookie year. For seventy-five or more yards, those wow. were his only two carries of fifty or more yards. And as well. he he had. I don't know if it was this year or last year, but he had one of the, like, miles per hour-wise, one of the fastest yes, runs. Yes, he did. So he's not just a plotter. I think he's a little big. Oh, no, he's a little smaller this year. So, he that's, you know, whatever. Uh, all right, Fournette, <laughs> very, very exciting if you started him. And he was actually started in 75% of leagues. Carryon Johnson is Dave's other winner. He was started in 44% of leagues. 14 carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Six catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. And a fumble as well. But there was a sequence, Dave, in this game. I think you know what I'm talking about. I do. Was beautiful and hopefully a sign of things to come. Why don't you run through it? Because I think you'll you'll say it better than I. First and goal from I think the two yard line. Yes. 
big old Laguerre Blunt comes in. Let's let's give our play away. Let's just do what everybody. Matt Patricia, you're such a genius. Uh, I, even if it wasn't him, let's give <laughs> the ball to the big plotter who can't move. Runs into the line of scrimmage, gets nothing. It all, uh, hold on a second. It looked like he was actually in at first, but okay, he did not so get in on that down. first attempt. So second down. Let's hold on. Give and it right after one. that first attempt, I went back on Twitter to try to find my old tweet about how an angel dies every time LeGarrette <laughs> Blunt scores a touchdown. And I was getting ready to retweet it with angel, RIP angel. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he, it, the score didn't count, so now it's second down from like the one. Yeah, so then he goes backwards, right? Yeah, that's never good. Yeah, and then third down, they bring in Carryon Johnson, and he gets the job done. Right. So just stop with LeGarrette Blunt. Just stop with LeGarrette Blunt near the goal line. Carryon Johnson is the man. He would catch a touchdown later in the game. Um, yeah, he's, he's a winner for you, Dave. He's got Carolina next week. I would say that that's a pretty good matchup. And even if it's not, the fact that he was involved in the passing game as much as he was, he had as many catches as Theo Riddick. He had as many catches as Kenny Galladay. I think that that's a sign of things to come. I think Carryon Johnson is going to earn that role as being the primary guy, and there will be less involvement from Blunt. Uh, did Blunt make it out of the game okay? Uh, I know sure. Marvin Jones got hurt. Marvin Jones but got Carryon Johnson got hurt. He came back he hurt in. his ankle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he came back in. Um, all right, yeah, I'm not sure about LeGarrette Blunt. So, uh, yeah, Leonard Fournette and Carryon Johnson are Dave's winners. Corey Davis and Mark Ingram are Heath's winners. And uh, let's go to the losers. Heath, I'll start with you. <laughs> what is up with Jarvis Landry? What is up? Uh, he's not good. He's really bad. <laughs> he's awful. Oh, yeah? Six weeks now, he's had one good game. I know. Uh, and and the worst targets. part was he lost the targets. Yeah. Saw five targets in this game. Caught two of them, which isn't that far from his average this year. Uh, this is a bad situation, especially the the problem is they were running the ball with Nick Chubb 18 times a game when they were losing by two scores. If they are competitive or they are winning games, they're going to run it even more. That's bad news for Jarvis Landry. And he's got a bye next week, so... He'll probably score what Stamey did this week. (laughs) You can't drop Jarvis Landry, right? You can't drop him, but I don't... I mean, if you're not good against this matchup, when are you going to feel good starting him? What about 10-team leagues? You can't start him in non-PPR. What about 10-team non-PPR leagues, the most basic and simple of fantasy leagues? If, if if you need the spot, I think Jarvis is someone you can cut. And I think someone might – I don't know how much of a rush there would be to pick him up. Especially in his bye week. Now, exactly. in, in PPR, it's, it's, it's a no-go because even though he only had two catches today, Landry was on a great catch pace. He had, let's see, in his first nine games oh, – oh, we've got it now, updated. In ten games, he has 57 catches. So that, that's pretty good. It's a good, it's a it's a good average, but it's not what he was in Miami. I agree with Heath. This is the, what's, and I'll foreshadow one of my losers as David Njoku. This offense has changed ever since Nick Chubb, ever since Carlos Hyde got traded, and Nick Chubb came in. This coaching staff is believing in their ground game. They have every reason to after what we've seen, and we're not seeing Baker Mayfield lean on Najoku and lean on Landry quite as frequently and certainly nowhere near as consistently as he used to. No, but he's playing well. I mean, that's the thing. He's that's the other side of it is that Baker games. Mayfield is putting up good numbers. The Browns are putting up points, and they're doing it without having to lean on Jarvis or Najoku. And I think Duke Johnson has emerged over the last two weeks. Yeah, that's, re- that's that also bad too. for both of these guys. I, I mean, thought this was a discouraging game for Duke. Yeah, you know what? I I, I mean, because he only had seven touches. When it, when a running back catches touchdown passes, 
that to me is like the the sell high alert. It's like that's just something you cannot bank on. And if he needs touchdown passes, ta- touchdown catches to be good, he had four catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. He had three carries. It's kind of like Tariq Cohen. Now, Cohen did have a good game today. He had that rushing touchdown. Um, but if that goes away, and that's not something you can really bank on unless it's James White necessarily, that is that is scary. So you you were discouraged by this game by Duke Johnson? I was because and we talked about it last week after the game where he had nine targets, and we said, well, he got the new offensive coordinator. Duke Johnson's going to get all the targets now. And granted, they only threw it. 20 times in this game i think technically so 21 if you if you include the, the uh, hilliard interception and that yeah. gadget play i thought that was nick chubb at first throwing yeah the that would have been bad yeah that would have yeah. been bad now all right but, so that, yeah, that's I mean, something it, to keep in mind i mean yeah so four three catches when i say four catches for duke on 20 passes actually not so bad it's if, if go right ahead. but if he if he catches four passes per game from here on out he is going to be absolutely useless yeah, almost every week. Yeah. All right, more losers. Uh, Heath, your other loser is Jimmy Graham with one catch today. I have peti- petitioned. Uh, you know, last week we changed Cordero Patterson from a wide receiver to wide receiver slash running back. I'm trying to get Jimmy Graham <laughs> left tackle eligibility because he spent far more time in this game blocking than he did running pass routes. I, I can't wait to see the actual numbers on Tuesday to see how many routes he ran. But it was a very, very – the Buffalo Bills left tackle may have run just as many routes as Jimmy Graham did. What if I could and, get you that number before Tuesday? And it oh. it was – um. It, listen, I really thought with Randall Cobb not there – I mean, you look the last two games that Cobb didn't play, Graham had 20 targets in those two games. I think he had two targets in this game. I don't know if there's anything you can do as a Jimmy Graham owner, though. You kind of stuck with him. Cause the, Tight end is awful. It's an abomination. Yeah, it's it's dreadful. And then like when you think Eric Ebron's gonna have a bad game, he scores three touchdowns. But Rogers, both of Dave's losers are tight ends. The, 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 oh, who's the other awful. one? Najoku and who? Najoku is a loser for me, and so is Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. You yeah. just ha- it's time to say goodbye. Although he's gonna be a top twelve tight end this week because he had five fantasy points. No way is he. As before the Sunday night game started, he was either twelfth or just behind twelfth. He's eleventh. In non PPR, yeah, and in PPR, and he's been, even higher in PPR. Yeah, wow, four catches, but it's still pathetic. Game. It's not going to make you feel any better about him. Just Washington's offense was really uninspiring. They've got Houston next week, Dallas after Look, that. Look, they Billy, just had Atlanta in Tampa Bay. If he couldn't get it done against exactly. Atlanta, Tampa Bay, exactly. The problem is, is that you're. It's it's the I'll, I'll channel my inner Amy Trask and say, okay, you're going to cut this guy, and then what? You don't you you've got to follow through with the plan. You can't just pick up Mo Alley Cox. No, we're not. Well, gonna... I'll just say this: like I, I have Jordan Reed in a couple leagues, and I have OJ Howard in the, in one of the Jordan Reed leagues, and I have I think Jared Cook in one of the Jordan Reed leagues. And not that I like Jared Cook so much, but Jordan Reed's like the first guy I'm dropping. You know, did I, Jordan Reed outscore OJ Howard today? Yes, he did. he did. But obviously, Howard had a terrible game. He had one catch for 15 yards, and they had 500. Yards of offense. They are the first team in NFL history to have over 450 yards yeah. of offense and score three points. That's right. Which brings us to our news and notes. I was going to say that, Dave. Yeah, uh, news and notes from around the NFL. Where'd you get that note from? Uh, ESPN.com via Elias Sports Bureau. Oh, I thought you got it from me because I sent it to you. You did? thought I did. I don't know. I don't think you did. I think you're lying. Le'Veon Bell is unlikely to report or play this season. How about that? Biggest bust in the history of fantasy <laughs> football. That's Heath and I basically decided that for everybody on uh, on Ion Fantasy Football Saturday night. 
That makes CBS sense. You're getting that, zero well, points from him this year. It's in, it's it's an interesting question because you did have to keep him on your roster all year, right. so that part was bad. But you never started him. So is he a bigger uh, bust than someone you started for three or four weeks and actively hurt you in your lineup and then you dropped? But at least you dropped him after X amount of weeks, unless that X like, is you know, 10 or 11. Yeah. Like, this guy's been clogging up my bench for 11 weeks already. I and he was I'm, supposed to I give me 20 points a week. I can't wait to spite drop Le'Veon Bell. But I, we might, have to I might wait. not do it. I might, not, I might keep him all year Why? on my teams just to prove that I can win with him on my bench. But we have to wait until Tuesday, obviously. Uh, more news items. I'll go through this quickly. A.J. Green likely to miss next week's game. Des Bryant tore his Achilles. The Saints could sign Brandon Marshall. Joe Flacco has a hip injury, and uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, there's already talk that Lamar Jackson could be coming in. Jason Lockenford talked about that. He's written about it. Uh, talked about that to see best tailgate. So good. Oh, it's so good. I'm really interested because he's. If you haven't seen Lamar Jackson, like in college, we barely get to see him in the NFL. I think he's. I think he's more. I think he's more talented than Michael Vick was. Oh, I think he's the. I, I don't know about it as a passer. Well, but as well, a runner, that's part of the problem. Oh yeah, yeah he's yeah, not a huge problem. He's but a as a runner, but uh, he's gonna he could run for 60, 70 yards most weeks. He might Tebow it. I don't know that he's a worse passer than Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is awful. <laughs> he's a worse passer than Joe Flacco at this stage. I, I would have to I mean, think Joe Flacco's arguably been the worst passer in the NFL for three years, unless you count Eli Manning. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Cooper Cup hurt his knee. Do we know about the extent of this? Uh, it's really? the same they think knee. it's an ACL. Yeah, it looks like it is. Uh, obviously, you're not going to know for sure. Julian Edelman left with an ankle injury and Marvin Jones a knee injury. And Do we know anything about that? Or Kenyon Drake's shoulder? Edelman, Drake Marvin came Jones, back. Drake. Okay. Edelman did not. Uh, he had a pretty good game, actually. Nine for 104. Yeah. Better than I thought he'd have. Uh, they have a bye next week, so that should be beneficial. Jameis Winston could start next week. Glad I didn't drop him for Josh McCown. Uh, Buffalo did not commit to a quarterback for their next game, which will be after a bye. Some offensive line news. DJ Fluker didn't play for Seattle. Brandon Linder was carted off for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're very good center. And Detroit guard TJ Langsat. Chargers linebacker Denzel Perryman left with an injury on the second play of the game. And Dave, I think, is going to leave soon. But first, Dave is going to tell us his absolute favorite ticketing app. When Dave wants to go to a concert or a sporting event or theater or a comedy show, what does Dave use? I use SeatGeek. Yes, and you use the code FFT for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. The code is FFT for 20 bucks off. So download the SeatGeek app, everybody. Search for an event. And instead of going out and looking on all these other sites... Um, use the SeatGeek app to, let, to do that for you, basically. SeatGeek will search multiple sites, bring in a whole bunch of tickets, and grade every ticket based on value. Make the ticket uh, buying process just really, really easy for you. Um, by, so, by searching multiple sites and grading the tickets, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app. I use it all the time. Dave uses it. Heath uses it. Please start using it and use the code FFT on SeatGeek to get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Code's FFT. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. Uh, Worry Abner, Heath, 0 to 10. How worried are you about the following players who did not perform well today? Marlon Mack, 12 carries, 29 yards, 2 catches, 9 yards against the Jaguars. Worry Abner on Marlon Mack. Is this M-A-R-L-O-N or L-I-N? <laughs> yes, I spelled Marlon Mack's name wrong. I'm going to guess that was an autocorrect in the text that I sent to Jamie. 
Yeah, I mean, it was probably the same autocorrect that caused you to drop in the first place. All, none of it was your fault. Um, I will put it at a three. Oh, gosh. Um, a three. On my, you know, I, I put it as a three long term because he still dominated carries. He still was working near the goal line. He was out of bounds at like the two-yard line on a catch. So, you know, maybe on a luckier day, that's a touchdown. But his next three games are against Tennessee, Miami, and Jacksonville. Miami looks like, you know, Marlon Mack could be the start of the week. But Tennessee just did a great job against Sony Michelle. They've had a good run defense this year, and Jacksonville just shut Marlon Mack down. So we talked about it. It's just a schedule thing, but he's still the guy. Uh, Tom Brady, 0-10 to 10 on Brady. He has scored uh, 12, 17, and 10 fantasy points in six-point per passing touchdown leagues in his last three games. Heath Worryometer. Seven? And that Dave? seems really high. Dave wanted to come back on. Yeah, I'm going to jump on and off. Uh, as I write the rap for the Sunday night audience. Uh, it's going to be like a five for me. It's been bad, but he's on by this week anyway. Now's the time where you've got to find a second quarterback anyway. I'm going to recommend Mariota or Matthew Stafford as quarterbacks to pair with Brady. You know, like you have a wine pairing with dinner. Uh-huh, yeah. These are the quarterbacks that you're going to want to pair with Tom Brady because in week 11, they've got great matchups. Matthew Stafford of the Lions is going to take on Carolina. And then... Marcus Mariota is going to take on Indianapolis Mm -hmm. in Indianapolis. Both of those games should be high scoring. It's going to force those quarterbacks to throw the football. And like I said earlier, Mariota is looking great. When Brady comes back from the bye in week 12, he takes on the Jets. You're going to feel good about starting him then. Hopefully Gronk is back by then. Right. And if he stinks, if he stinks in that game, at least you've got a quarterback in Mariota or Stafford that you can go with in week 13. They both have good matchups again then. Don't have to get into what those matchups are. Just take my word for it. They're pretty good. And you can. You could have uh, done that. You, <laughs> bottom line is that those are two good quarterbacks that you can have as uh, as replacements <laughs> for Brady this week and potentially but, for the playoff. Okay, round. but what are we seeing right now from Tom Brady, if anything, that concerns you, Heath? Because you gave him a Ducks. seven. Quack. Really? He, he, he made several throws in this game that legitimately had me worried that he had. Like, I'm wondering if he can go over to Europe on his bye week and get one of those PRP injections the pitchers get when they don't want to have Tommy John surgery. Yeah, he I was agree. missing throws to the sideline, low and well left. He tried to throw deep a couple times, and he looked like Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing a twelve-pound football. <laughs> it it didn't look like Tom Brady. I, it didn't quite look like Tom Brady, and I don't know if I'm ready to say it's Fitzpatrick throwing helium balloons all over the field. I think defenses play the Patriots differently without Rob Gronkowski on the field, and you can also look at his completion percentage in his last three games, and it's going down. Um, his yards per attempt, he has one game with, I think, over eight yards per attempt, which for him is pretty bad. And he has one touchdown in his last three games. So does Nathan Peterman. This is ugly. So the timing is perfect for him to get a week of rest. When he comes back again against the Jets, you're going to start him then. Find another quarterback just in case. I think the Patriots may have lost the Super Bowl today. They've seriously increased the likelihood that they're either going to Pittsburgh or Kansas City in the playoffs. And they're going they, to they could they could potentially win both of those. Games. They're going to have, oh, they, oh, they may have to go to Pittsburgh and Kansas City. But right, yes. But if they're hosting, if they get the one seed, they're going to the Super Bowl. You don't win in Foxborough. This is a this is a pretty significant loss for them and a big win for the Titans. Worryometer on Adrian Peterson. So going into this game, he had five games with seventeen or more carries, and in all five of those games, he had ninety-seven or more rushing yards. He got the work. He got 19 carries, two catches. He ended up with 69 total yards, 68 of them on the ground. Worryometer on Peterson, Heath. Six? 
Um, I, I did think the offensive line, they didn't look good, but they looked better than I expected. And so I, there may be a cause where you don't have much choice next week because six teams are on a bye. But I'm, I'm very worried that he's going to be a top 20 running back. Dave, I want you to read what, what happened on my phone just now. Um, yeah, for some reason, your Siri phone was listening off. to you. Siri po- recorded what you said, and here's what Siri wrote on your phone. Hey, Siri, is the increase the likelihood of the Razor going to Pittsburgh or Kansas City in the playoffs, and they take them, they could potentially double zero, 100%, but right, <laughs> yes, but if they are hosting, and that, it just went away now. It's, it's uh, still reading what I'm saying. Oh, man, yeah, I, I said off Siri at some point. I didn't hear what uh, he said about Adrian Peterson, but all the listeners did. Tyler Boyd, three catches for 65 yards on four targets. He did actually lead the team in receiving, so that was good. But uh, three catches for 65 yards on four targets. Bad game for Boyd. Worryometer on Tyler Boyd, Heath. Two. I, my only angle here was like, well, did we just see that without A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd's going to struggle? No. No, I think that's possible. I, I think that's possible. I mean, I, I don't I, – I didn't see all of this game. I saw some of it. I think it was really just bad Andy not throwing the ball to Tyler Boyd more when he should have. Just going to have to throw it into coverage a little bit. But uh, it's not a great matchup next week against Baltimore. Um, I still think you're probably going to start him as a number two receiver. All right, Tyler Boyd. Would you rather have Tyler Boyd or Corey Davis rest of season? Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Okay. (sighs) Tyler Boyd or Jarvis Landry rest of season? Tyler Boyd. Worryometer on Larry Fitzgerald. Six catches for 50 yards on 10 targets. I'm very happy that Larry Fitzgerald got 10 targets in this game. The Chiefs' defense has been better against wide receivers. They've been pretty decent against slot wide receivers. He gets the Raiders next week. I will give him a big, fat zero for that one. The Chiefs' defense has been so much better against wide receivers that you have to really question starting any non-obvious must-start guy against the Chiefs. I mean, it is amazing. Who do they have next week, the Chiefs? Uh, the Rams. I think you're going to okay. start the Rams. Yeah, we'll start Don't start Cooper Cup. Um, okay, so the Rams... I'm going to say that on the Rams schedule, on the Chiefs schedule, there are only three wide receivers who are must-starts rest of season. Two Rams and guys are. and Keenan Allen. And that I'm going to start Emmanuel Sanders against them. They don't play them, do they? They don't. Are they done with the Broncos? I don't have them on the schedule anymore. Okay, they may have already played them twice. Yeah, they already did play them twice. All right. Uh, that is it for the Worryometer. We'll do some buy or sell. We have a new segment. We have a new segment. It's called Adam Brags About His Team. Everybody sit around the campfire. Uncle Adam is going to brag about his team. I'm currently beating Jamie. Jamie is having a monster week. Right now, Jamie is the second highest scorer in our IDP league. It is PPR. We start a lot of players. But I already have the most points that any team has scored this week. Just want everybody to know who I have. Um, well, first of all, I have Eric Ebron on my bench. My bad. Um, Ben Roethlisberger, Christian McCaffrey, this is PPR, by the way. Nick Chubb, Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown, Golden Tate playing right now. Jack Doyle, Aaron Jones, Greg Zerline, Aaron Donald, and a whole bunch of other IDPs. Can I, can I just do the Heath thing that I often do when you start to feel good about yourself? Sure. The Buffalo Wild Wings draft that we did a part, as a part <laughs> of our fundraiser. What a bad team. My son's team. Oh, my team's bad. Your son's team's great. My- it is the most ridiculous team I've ever seen in my life. He has 100. It's not an IDP league. He has 169 points right now for this week. That is his fourth 
highest score of the year. Wow. He's already top 200 once. We only have one flex in that league. Uh, what's So who's he got? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Julio oh, Jones. He went homer route. He drafted all the it, Chiefs. It worked. It like, worked. Pairing, pairing the <laughs> Chiefs with Julio Jones turned out to be a good strategy this yeah. year. Yeah, I guess And remember so. we all made fun of him for drafting like four tight ends? Uh-huh. One of them was Eric Ebron. Yeah, nice. <laughs> he, has, he still is rostering three tight ends. Good for him. And he's rostering Calvin he, Benjamin. His team could even be even better. He's participated in waivers twice this year. Oh, got to love that. And he is just killing the league. Okay, so Adam brags about his team uh, turned into Heath brags about his son. Buy or sell, Heath. I only have two buy or sells. The okay. Tennessee offense is in for a big second half. Buy or sell. Buy it. They are using their best running back. Marcus Mariota can feel his fingers. Corey Davis is turning into the number one wide receiver. We all knew that he could be <laughs> by the Titans offense. The Bears offense is in for a big second half. Buy or sell. I mean, can it be much bigger? Like, are they the second highest scoring team in the league? They've been, um, they've been yeah, awesome. yeah, but, but but their passing game has not been that good for fantasy through it all. Like, they're, they have not had one reliable must-start guy in the passing game. Okay, Except, I mean, not, not I counting, not that including that's true change. All right, that's really the question. Like, Allen Robinson had a big game. Anthony Miller had a big game. Uh, they were outstanding. They destroyed the, the Lions. T- Taylor Gabriel disappeared. He may be, and that, that will be key. If Taylor Gabriel gets three targets a game from here on out, then I think that Miller and Robinson can be very good. Yeah, I, I was so optimistic about Allen Robinson, but he just like he got he got work today, but um, and looked good. Like it wasn't yeah. just a thing where they left him wide open. He made some plays eight, in the open field after targets. the catch too. His previous four games, he had four to seven targets per game. He had eight. He's not going to get like the ten targets that you want from a number one. But uh, yes, yeah, it, it was really a butt whooping. You actually shocking in this game. Heath was Jordan Howard against the Lions. Eleven carries for twenty one yards. Three fantasy points? Are you kidding? Terror! He's one of the he's one of the mega duds today, Jordan Howard. But this was another game, and they had one of these about a month ago, and I don't remember who it was. Where they just decided, you know, this is not a game where we're going to worry about that. And they just were like, even when they were up two scores late in that game, they were still just winging it around. Yeah, and it's just so contrary to what I expected. And that was a game that I previewed without you guys. That was a Friday game. I did that with Brandon Marianne Lee, and I thought. I was a little surprised at how low you had Jordan Howard ranked. I don't know if you have have in front of you, but I feel like he was like 15th or something like that, Jordan Howard. I had him 22nd. 22nd. Okay. So, yeah, pretty low against, in my opinion, the best matchup. You know, maybe they don't give up. They gave up the fifth most fantasy points. But the Lions have the worst run defense in football, I, I think. Maybe today was a sign they were great that Damon Harrison is really paying off. But, uh, I yeah, I give you credit because I, I thought he was a must-start guy. And uh, he was a total dud, Jordan Howard. And Tariq Cohen got the short yardage touchdown, which was very disappointing for Howard owners. And not only that, that was very disappointing. The Lions have a bad pass defense too, but nobody ever passes on them. Everybody just runs and runs and runs. But today, the the, the Bears were like, "Hey, we're gonna be the, we're gonna be ourselves." He threw forty two times today in a thirty four twenty two win. Okay, that was uh, Adam riffing there. Uh, that's it for buy or sell. I, I've got another buy or sell related to the same team. Okay, we just talked about the tit- the Titans. I think we we talked about this a lot in New York, and we talked about it a lot last night on the radio show. And we talked about it a little bit last week with the Titans having the number one scoring defense in the league. And, well, it's just because they've played a bunch of bad offenses. We may have to reevaluate. The Titans might just be a good defense. Yeah. 
Yeah, th- this was a really impressive performance for the Titans. Big win for them. Okay, uh, i got to tell you about today's second sponsor. It's a great sponsor. It's one that I have experienced using. I highly, highly recommend it. It's great for small businesses. It's perfect if you work from home and you need to be shipping things. Look, we love going to the post office to get a lot of stuff done at the post office, but they're not open 24-7. Stamps.com is open 24-7. If you buy and print, if you want to buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you use stamps.com. Just click print mail and you are done. Just like our podcast, you can get it on demand anytime you want. It's postage on demand. Stamps.com is also going to send you a digital scale so you can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the website is really easy to use. I can tell you that from experience. The prices are great, and we got a great offer for you. A four-week trial. Why do they give you a four-week trial? Because they know once you use it, you're going to be hooked. You're going to realize this is the absolute way to go, and you're never getting off Stamps.com. Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in FFT. Again, there's a radio microphone on the homepage. Type in FFT. Go to Stamps.com, enter FFT for a four-week trial and a digital scale. Okay, Heath, I think it's time we take a look at the leaderboard for Fantasy Week 10. Ben Roethlisberger is number one. Trubisky's number two. Drew Brees, third. Well, pretty far behind them, but he had a great game. And and then Wilson was, uh, was four, and Baker Mayfield was five. So far, pretty low-scoring day at quarterback, I guess. Only four quarterbacks with more than 30 fantasy points. I'm getting used to about seven or so. But a lot of good performances. Uh, I, I think there's a clear storyline in the top five quarterbacks. Russell Wilson ran the damn ball. But Roethlisberger, Trubisky, Breeze, Wilson, and Mayfield. What would you say about? Oh, oh, 92 rushing yards. That's nice. 92 rushing yards. Nine times he ran the ball. He had... I believe now 40% of his rushing yards for the season came this week. And he had 40 last week, uh, didn't he? Russell that, so, that sounds right. Yeah, He had he a, may, he he had had a like, season high last week. So he that's this week as well. Two in a row. That's a great sign. Um, yeah. I, the, Wilson's great. The storyline I was going for was Breeze through 25 passes. You know, it, and he was awesome. He was amazing. 22 of 25, 265 uh, yards and three touchdowns. And I can't sit here and say, sell Drew Brees. He's got road games. He doesn't throw that much anymore with Mark Ingram because he's just incredible, Heath. Um, I would say you got a little bit lucky if you started Brees this week. I mean, a the little bit, but he Michael- thir- scored 34 points, you know, so like. Well, the yeah. first Michael Thomas touchdown was not a touchdown. And would not have been ruled a touchdown by a majority of officiating crew. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a pretty weak call. The se- the second touchdown, Mark Ingram caught a swing pass at the thirty yard line, made a phenomenal spin move at the three to get into the end zone. But is that bad luck, or is that just him having great players around him? I mean, that's part of it. it it's part of it. But if he throws twenty five passes and as this type of day on a normal basis, you're not expecting anywhere close to the type of fantasy points that he got you. He threw for 265 yards on 25 passes. That's great. He's and he very ran, good. He, he ran one into. He had the sneak. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dave, you have breaking news. Sources tell NFL Network's Ian Rappaport that Rams receiver Cooper Cuff 
has a torn ACL. He'll have an MRI tomorrow, but Sean McVay said it was not good. This is a uh, this is bad news for fantasy owners. Adam Cooper Cup looks like he will be done for the year. Yeah, the thing is, I feel like it's bad news for only Cooper Cup owners. I always hate reacting to these injuries because um, you know it's like so emotionless. Like it sucks that Cooper Cup is out. He's a really exciting player, but from a fantasy standpoint, um, it's it's. I think golf's fine, right? I mean, oh, golf's fine. The interesting thing is the last last week against the Saints, and we talked about them versus tight ends last week against the Saints. Their tight ends had ninety yards combined. This week, the Rams' tight ends both scored a touchdown. Their tight ends may be a little bit relevant moving forward, especially this week against the Chiefs. We could use them. The yeah. way the tight end position is right now, they're we not going to be relevant. Them. The second you think they're going to be relevant, they're going to suck. The bigger problem is that Tyler Higby plays a lot but barely gets targets, and Gerald Everett doesn't play a lot, gets more targets than Tyler Higby. They're going to be a mess, but as, as bye weeks go, they will be interesting options, especially since they're headed toward a game against Kansas City that's probably going to total 100 points. And uh, you're adding Josh Reynolds in deep leagues. Let's take a yep. look at yep. Uh, yep. at quarter at uh, running back, the leaderboard at running back. Nick Chubb is uh, number one. This is non-PPR. Christian McCaffrey is number two, although he'll finish number one in PPR. David Johnson, three. Aaron Jones and LaShawn McCoy. Hey, he did it. I predicted his first rushing touchdown. He got two. Oh, the Jets are. Uh, Todd Bowles fired tomorrow. Bold prediction. Uh, at least I think people are crossing their fingers on that. Anywho, uh, Chubb, McCaffrey, David Johnson, Aaron Jones, LaShawn McCoy, Heath. Yeah, I don't know what the storyline. I mean, Dick Chubb was awesome, but we've talked a lot about him. David, let's go to David Johnson. 21 carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Seven catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Big game. His usage was better. They got him outside just a little bit more. I, I hesitate to get too excited because it was the Chiefs. This is the best matchup for running backs. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. And if not them, then it's the Raiders, who he plays next week. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's awesome. Yeah. Schedule will get a little tougher after that. Not, actually, not really. We talked about this on Wednesday. David Johnson is set up for a great finish. He has some bad defenses on the schedule. His playoffs, his postseason is Detroit at Atlanta and the Rams. Um, I don't understand how Aaron Donald is like clearly the best defensive tackle in football, if not best defensive player, and the Rams have had a dreadful run defense two years in a row. That's the topic it's for another show. I guess, but still, it's just weird. Uh, top five wide receivers. Tyreek Hill without Sammy Watkins. Seven catches, 117 yards, and two touchdowns, and a 20-yard rush. Uh, he was tied with Allen Robinson in non-PPR, and Tyreek Hill was one point ahead in PPR. Then, a little bit lower, Michael Thomas, Corey Davis, and Anthony Miller. So let's talk about Anthony Miller first. Five catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Miller... Pretty available, 23% owned, his best game by far. But it's good to see, Heath, Anthony Miller. Yeah, and I I was a little worried about him at the start of this game because early on it was all Allen Robinson. And he still only had six targets. I don't think six targets is going to turn into this type of production very often. But again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. The most encouraging part of this game for both Robinson and for Miller, the fact that Taylor Gabriel only had three targets. If that's the case moving forward, they can support two good wide receivers. He should be the number one priority at wide receiver this week. Yeah, maybe the wild card is going to be Trey Burton. Maybe there'll be Burton weeks and Miller weeks, uh, but Robinson struggles. or you know, Between those three guys, two of them are good. 
on a given week. Uh, and Tariq Cohen, at that, how many catches did Tariq Cohen have today? Six, but he six. averaged less than five yards per catch. Wow, six catches for 29 yards. We'll give him five yards. Six catches for 29 yards. Give him five. Round up, Heath. Come on now. That's that's kind of like just giving somebody back somebody they dropped accidentally. <laughs> and then the other story for me is that um, Tyreek Hill had seven catches. He's on pace for like somewhere around 95. Oh, no, about 85. He, he was on pace for 85 catches entering week 10. That's... That's a guy who's not a liability by any means in PPR. And, okay, liability is stupid to say since he's, like, the number one receiver, basically. <laughs> but um, but it's imp- his catches are going way up. He could have a 90-catch season. That's really good for Tyreek Hill. I did not anticipate that. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. And there will be a week. I mean, the nice thing was he scored two touchdowns at home, so maybe we can get rid of the silly he doesn't it's score such, at home It's thing. ridiculous. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to that. Total freak. Right. Uh, um. Listen, I think the Chiefs defense, while it's improved, will still be bad enough to keep them throwing. And you look distraught right now. <laughs> like what? So, something just happened in the football game. Well, I really uh, upset you. You know, I got someone, a friend of mine, who's who's getting close to a huge payday in a survivor pool. I mean, like a huge payday. You know how these things where you get a lot, you get like hundreds of people in, and the payday ends up being a lot of money. And there's less than 100 people left in the pool. And I told them to take the Eagles this week. And mm. uh, they're losing 3 nothing, but they just got stuffed on fourth down or whatever. You know, I, I don't want to talk about the game, but that's why I look distraught because I feel, I feel guilt right now. They're going to win. I, I, I was distracted by your face. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Tyreek Hill. All right, he's great. Tight ends. Eric Ebron, number one, with two receiving and one rushing touchdown. Three catches, 69 yards, and a, and two touchdowns in the air. And he stole Chris Hogan's nickname. Which is? It used, well, it used to be 7-Eleven. Because he was always open. Oh. He and got... they asked Ebron after the game, they said, was Jacksonville just not covering you? You were wide open. He said, I'm always open. That's why they call me 7-Eleven. Oh, how about that? Uh, Austin Hooper, 11 fantasy points, 21 in PPR. He is your number two tight end. He had 10 catches. How about this? He is the only tight end with more than six catches today, but most of them had like most of the top tight ends this week had like two or three catches. Uh, Janu Smith has scored in two straight games. Vance McDonald and Tyler Higby and Mo Alley Cox, uh, Higby and, and Mo Alley Cox are tied for fifth. Gerald Everett. It was it was a touchdown or bust kind of week for tight ends. Not a lot of yards. Nobody had more than the sixty nine yards that uh, Eric Ebron had. Very nice game for Eric Ebron. Oh boy, um, what do you what do you think about Austin Hooper? What do you think about Austin Hooper? I I I think he's a he's a pretty close to a must start tight end. He is a must start. He's tight like seventy five percent owned or something like that. Yeah, uh, he should be started. Started with the expectation that he's going to disappoint you, but that all tight ends will. Yes. So let's get to the games. Yay. Buffalo 41, Jets 10. <laughs> Buffalo. I, <laughs> you know how many yards the Jets had in the first quarter? Negative three. I, let me rephrase it. Do you know how many yard the Jets had in the first quarter? <laughs> One. <laughs> According to my brother, the Jets fan, who is pretty pissed off all day. Um, Matt Barkley. Had 21 fantasy points. And LeSean McCoy had a great game, and it was nice to see 
Of course, he gets the Jaguars after the bye, so I don't know how confident you're going to be in, in him over the next two weeks where you're definitely sitting him in the bye week. But uh, he does have a good schedule after that. In fact, a very good schedule. Um, Zay Jones, Heath, eight catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Do you care? I like the way you went from tight ends to the Bills and the Jets. <laughs> like, so if people could just hit that forward 30-second button like six times <laughs> and we'll be through these two sections and they can listen to the part that really matters. I think Zay Jones is the best receiver on the Bills. He's had a remarkable turnaround from a disastrous rookie season, and if he ever gets a quarterback, he could be a fantasy-viable wide receiver. What do you think about the Jets running backs? Crowell got the touchdown, seven carries, 19 yards, and a touchdown. Elijah McGuire had six six carries for 30 yards and three catches. Trenton Cannon had four carries. The Jets next week have a bye. I think, and I'm trying to verify this right now, I believe that Trenton Cannon's work in the running game came after this game was long decided, had been decided. Uh, the game was pretty much decided in the second quarter, uh, but I, Crowell also scored late for what that. He was. scored with 10 minutes left in the third quarter. That really? It <laughs> felt like it was a freaking blowout at that point. It was. <laughs> it was a blowout. L- l- late in the game, relatively speaking. Um, no, I, yeah, yeah right. I'm, I'm glad Crowell scored. This offense is a disaster. I believe Chris Herndon led the team in receiving for the second straight week. He led the team in receiving this week. And last week at Miami, he led the team in receiving with 62 yards. This week... Uh, let's not act like he accomplished something. 34 yards. No. <laughs> Kansas City 26, Arizona 14. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of interesting here. Patrick Mahomes is terrific. He scored 23 fantasy points. He had four straight games with three or four passing touchdowns entering week 10. But, you know, when he's had bad matchups, he hasn't been incredible. And he's had, he has some bad ones coming up um, in the playoffs. Remember, like, he's Baltimore, the Chargers, and the Seahawks. So... Does that mean anything to you? Um, the Baltimore one worries me because I think that the Chiefs defense, that's a game that's at Arrowhead, and I think they could play that kind of – I mean, he only threw 28 passes in this game. Yeah. And so that's the problem for him. If you look at on a per-pass basis, he threw 28 times and averaged nine yards per attempt and threw t- two touchdown passes. Yeah. that's He was great. And he only completed he just, 75% of his passes. Right, he just didn't have to throw. So that Baltimore one does scare me a little bit. But again, the floor that we're so worried about is 23 points. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, Kareem Hunt was just fine, but he didn't score. He almost scored. but Lost a touchdown to where? This, yeah, that was stupid. Um, this was one of his uh, worst games. Kelsey, same thing. But you know what? The, the Cardinals, I said all they have to do is have a respectable game, and I'll buy into their defense. I'm buying into their defense fair yeah i guess so i mean the chiefs could have scored 40 in this game if they wanted to okay well cardinals next week have oakland so they're good enough to start then yeah i didn't mean their defense from a dst standpoint i meant their defense from a matchup standpoint you know for opposing yeah i would avoid raiders next week because of the cardinals (laughs) indianapolis 29 jacksonville 26 Jags had the ball for more than 10 more minutes than the Colts. And look, Blake Bortles 
Look, actually, the streaming quarterbacks are pretty damn good this week. Bortles, Mariota, uh, Baker Mayfield. I'm trying to think who else, but those three jump out. Well, Eli plays tomorrow. Eli and Nick Mullins play tomorrow. But uh, who else, Heath? There was someone else. I don't know. Does It doesn't matter. Those three guys, though, Mayfield, Mariota, and Bortles, who do you like going forward? Um, it's going to be, the, like, I don't think any of those, either of those guys are guys I'm going to start on a weekly basis, so I don't have to make the rest of season decision. It's going to be on a week-to-week basis with all of them. Okay. Um, the interesting thing with Bortles and with this Jacksonville defense, the great thing for him was that Jacksonville's defense played awful, but they only played awful for one half. I don't think the Colts scored in the second half. Uh, I don't know. Did they not score in the second half? I believe they had 29 points at halftime. This I, I couldn't believe. I thought the Jaguars were going to just steal that game. And then the I did fumble. Too. What do you think and about they really the, should have. What do you think about Dante Moncrief? Heath, what do you think about Dante Moncrief? Um, that was a, a huge play he made, a nice job breaking the tackle. I don't think that any Jacksonville receiver you can really count on. I mean, he had four targets in the game. Yeah, here are his yards in his last six games. 109, 76, 0, 76, 54, and 98. So that's 54 or more yards in five of his last six. 78 or more yards in four of his last six. That sounds like a guy who should be owned in more than 21% of leagues. I don't know that it needs to be higher than 50, but it's not bad. It really isn't. I, I agree with that. Who do they play next week? Jacksonville plays Pittsburgh next week. <sighs> then at Buffalo, then the Colts again. All right. So it's not a great schedule. We can out. deal with that on Tuesday. That's it's all good. T.Y. Hilton did lead his team in receiving three catches, 77 yards on three targets. He was only started in 70% of leagues, and I think that makes sense. I mean, it's a yeah. tough matchup. Uh, Tennessee 34 and New England 10. Tennessee had the ball for about 33 minutes. New England about 27 minutes. Brady, we talked about. Uh, any concerns at all with Sony Michelle? 11 carries, 31 yards? I think this was really more of a product of a good run defense, but I will say if Brady it performs as poorly as he did in this game, it's a bad thing for the running game. It's a bad week for the for the Patriots. They get a bye, hopefully get Gronkowski back and get rolling again. Uh, Josh I, Gordon I would be watching for reports on Josh Gordon's finger. Okay. Four catches, he, uh, 81 yards on 12 targets. He had three catches for 58 yards in like the first 10 minutes of this game. And he had a ball go off of his hand, and they showed a close replay of it, and it sure looked like he broke a finger. And he only caught, I think, one more pass the rest of the game. And they kept throwing it to him, and he didn't catch anything. Oh, all right. New Orleans 51, Cincinnati 14. Is this what life without A.J. Green is going to look like? Probably, unfortunately. Um, The good thing is they said they like the reports were that A.J. Green's not going to play next week. But then there was just a little asterisk added next to it. And they said, but they know he's really tough and there's a chance. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't 100% rule him out next week. I, I think the preferable thing is they're at Baltimore next week. A.J. Green takes that week off. You avoid all of your Bengals, and then we'll get rolling with him after that. Well, a mix-in is kind of concerning to me because his two worst games this year, his two, his two worst games are at Kansas City, blowout, and home against the Saints, blowout. We just didn't get enough work. So you know, he had 11 carries for 61 yards. That's tremendous. Two catches for 24 yards. Eight fantasy points, 10 in PPR. That's not so bad. 
But Mixon is a guy who can be a superstar. If they're getting blown out, he can't. I don't think he can be a superstar. You're right. So I just hope I hope AJ Green gets back. Bengals not looking so good right now. Any other thoughts on the Saints? Or can we drop Tra- Traquan Smith? Did not have a target. I would not drop Traquan Smith. I think he's the exact type of player that you want to have on your bench. And when they play a good offense at home, you're starting Traquan Smith. But in games like this, when they're on the road and they're going to play this throw 25 passes thing, you're only starting him as, I hope, one of those 25 passes is a 60-yard bomb. Well, his next two matchups are Philadelphia and Atlanta at home. <laughs> so that could work so, for yeah, Traquan Smith. So, yeah, I think we're going to be interested in him this week. Washington 16 and Tampa Bay 3. Alex Smith has been over-owned since the start of the season. He is still 78% owned. He better be like 30% owned next week. Just stop with Alex Smith. He should only be owned in two quarterback leagues. I uh, agree with that. I think we can we can give people one more week to why? make that determination. Why? Because there's six quarterbacks on a bye. But they're all bad. Almost all of them are bad. So is Alex Smith. I know. That's the thing. I don't <laughs> run through the teams that are on by next week. Dave, who's on by next week? We got the, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. I know they're on by. Oh else? yeah, that's exciting stuff. What are we gonna do without those teams? Uh we also have the Browns on by. We have the Dolphins on by. Yep. The Patriots Tom are on Brady's by. on by. The entire AFC East is on by. And San Francisco. Are they in the AFC East? No, the AFC East plus San Francisco and who? Uh who did you say? Cleveland. 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 Yeah. So Crappy. So it is a it is a by NATO, but it's like a category one. Even though they don't do that for for tornadoes. Um we talked about Adrian Peterson, we put him on the worryometer. Josh Doxon scored, which means at least one wide receiver has caught a touchdown against Tampa Bay in every single game this season. But Maurice Harris had five for fifty two on five targets. Do you have any interest in Josh Doxon or Maurice Harris against Houston next week? Yes. I will have interest in Maurice Harris in PPR leagues for sure. Let's assuming J- Jamison Crowder doesn't come back. This was a game. I mean, Alex Smith, kind of like Drew Brees, except bad, only threw 27 passes because their defense played so well, and Tampa Bay scored three points. It's a good thing I picked up their defense, dropped the Vikings. Am I right? Hey, Heath. That, that was fraudulent. How, how, uh, how, how are you? How do you feel about the... Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers. Uh, who's starting next week at quarterback? How much does it matter? Ryan Fitzpatrick is turned back into a pumpkin against the Bears. He had a good half after playing awful against the Panthers. Threw for 400 yards in this game and somehow didn't score any points. Yeah, he threw for 400 yards. and My takeaway was that, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick was terrible today. <laughs> <laughs> right? He was so bad. Oh. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, Evans only had six targets, which was unusual. Deshaun Jackson, speaking of pumpkins, you know, he looks like he's that. Chris Godwin had 100 yards and Adam Humphrey's pumpkin. A lot of pumpkins here. I love the fact that the week after we stop yelling at people for not having Chris Godwin on their roster, yeah, he gets 100 yards. I don't know what to say at this point. Tell me what to say about the Tampa Bay wide receivers. You're still starting Mike Evans. Um, Chris Godwin is a what-the-heck flex, and so is Deshaun Jackson. Is Mike Evans a stud? No. No? No. 
All right. He's he's good. I I think I feel pretty similar to what I felt about him at the beginning of the year, and that he was a high end number two and not a number one. Okay. T. Y. Hilton or Mike Evans rest of season. I'll take T. Y. Let's go to Cleveland, Atlanta. Cleveland twenty eight, Atlanta sixteen. Uh, Matt Ryan, 24 fantasy points, outdoors, on the road, 330 yards. He did throw 52 passes, but two good games in a row for Matt Ryan, outdoors. Um, and he now has 330 or more yards in six of his last seven games, so that's wonderful. Uh, Tevin Coleman had, didn't he, did he not score a touchdown? No, so I Tevin, don't think so. Tevin Coleman really should have scored a touchdown. I mean, they, he had so many opportunities to get in. They had first and goal from, like, the one. And they just kept throwing the ball. It was crazy. Julio Jones had a one-yard touchdown run, as Dave is reminding me. Or a touchdown catch. So Coleman was very close to scoring. It just didn't happen. What are your Falcons' thoughts here, Heath? I, I'm a little bit concerned about uh, Tevin Coleman. Just because he had not been very good before last week when he had the monster game. And a lot of that monster game was catching a screen, breaking a tackle, and going to the house. And so, and you talked about it, receiving touchdowns for running backs screams sell high to you. His big week was scoring two receiving touchdowns. Yeah. So I I still think he's a low end number two running back. Yeah, but he, right, but he is more involved in the running game than those other guys, you know, than Duke Johnson. He's still going to get 12 to 15 carries most weeks. He had 11 this game. Yeah, I would say 10 to 10 to 13 most weeks. Yeah, 15's high. Uh, 10 to 13, sure. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried about him as being more than a low-end number two running back. I'd sure rather have Nick Chubb. Yeah, okay. Nope. For faux show. Uh, Rashard Higgins caught a touchdown. We talked about Mayfield and the joke. We talked about the Browns. Chicago 34 and Detroit 22. So Dave talked about Matthew Stafford. He's only 84% owned. He's 84% owned. Um, he had 18 fantasy points in this game. He had a terrible game last week. It was at Minnesota but he could be very good for you in week 11 against Carolina. Uh, I think we talked about the running backs. How do you feel about Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay was late, but six catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets. Marvin Jones hurt his knee. Three catches, 55 yards on seven targets. Heath? Galladay made a couple of remarkable catches in this game. He is so, so talented. I just hope that he and Stafford can get on the same page. I think he legitimately has number one wide receiver upside over the rest of the season. He's not a safe guy in that range and he'll have weeks where he's not even a number two but he has that type of upside it's extremely talented dude and i love him this week against carolina i had kenny galladay in my FanDuel lineup did you cash I did too did you cash uh did have you not seen the top 10 of our FanDuel fft contest no i was number eight what the contrarian plays on cbs sports this morning were mitchell trubisky nick chubb Kenny Galladay, and Mike Davis. I had Mitchell Trubisky in my lineup. I loved him this week. Oh, Heath is winning 62. Heath won $62.50, ladies and gentlemen. I just missed cashing. I finished 270th. Um, I had Mitchell Trubisky originally in my lineup. I hate when this happens. And then I had so much money left over that I changed to Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) And that ended up costing me a lot. Uh, So that's the Lions and Bears and Tigers game. And let's go to the Chargers oh and the Ra- exactly Chargers Raiders. Philip Rivers did not come through. He only had 18 fantasy points today. Um, yeah, 
What do you think about Rivers? How does he match up with some of these elite must-start guys? Is he in that group? I, I think the thing with the Raiders is they're a terrible, terrible defense that presents a great matchup for opposing passing games, but their offense is so bad that you're going to get games like this where the other quarterback just doesn't have to do very much. 26 pass attempts. He has had now five straight games with 27 or, or fewer pass attempts. Almost all of them have been 27 or 26 pass attempts. It's just hard, especially when you don't run. It's hard to be great, but he had been great. He'd been so efficient. I mean, how about Brian Schottenheimer running the Seahawks and the Chargers offense at the same time? <laughs> and both of them performing well this week. Yeah, Mel- Melvin Gordon's amazing. That that big play. Yeah, he had a 66-yard touchdown catch, I believe. He led the team in receiving and rushing. Keenan Allen was the only receiver who did anything for them. So, you know, it's risky with Tyrell Williams for sure. Uh, you know, I, I got to give Doug Martin credit. Four yards per carry, not great, but like he's got he had ninety he had ninety two total yards in this game. He actually looks pretty good, I think. When I see uh, he Doug was Martin. I I would I've said this about Adrian Peterson, he was running hot. I think Doug Martin looked like he has something left in the tank. Yeah, it's too bad that he's stuck in this wasteland. Yeah, but he's got a great matchup next week. The Raiders have oh Arizona, Arizona. Thank you, they have Arizona next week exactly. Great matchup. All right, um, I think we're pretty much done with this game. Jared Cook, four catches, 52 yards, tied with Jalen Richard, who had five catches for 52 yards for the most uh, on this team. So you pretty much know what you're getting from the Raiders week in, week out. Uh, yeah, like Mike Williams is 71% owned. Tyra Williams is 88% owned. Would you let them go for Anthony Miller? 100%. How about Mike Williams Seattle? had yep, yep. zero targets. In this game? Wow. Was yeah, not targeted. You're right. You're right. See, and I got apologize for being a little behind. Uh, I, you know, this weekend was my brother's bachelor party, and it's not that I'm like not not recovered, but it'd when, be a lot cooler if you. Yeah, were it would over. be, but I am completely recovered. But uh, it was just kind of a hectic day, family stuff, dinner with with like a bunch of people while watching Red Zone and getting to the office to do this podcast. So my bad. Rams thirty six. Oh, yeah. That that reminds me, we were in New York, uh-huh. and I had some great New York beer. Save it at the. Save it for uh, Tuesday. I want to ask all of you about the show on about New York on Tuesday. Great New York beer. Okay, good. Um, and I hope pizza as well. Rams 36, Seahawks 31. Russell Wilson, 32 fantasy points. Jared Goff, 24 fantasy points. Russell Wilson rushed for 92 yards. We already talked about that. Um, would you prefer Rashad Penny or Mike Davis going forward, you think? Or Chris Carson? Who's the best running back in that backfield? I think Rashad Penny is the most talented running back in that backfield. I still expect when Chris Carson—I don't think Chris Carson lost his job today. Robert so Woods is—yeah, go ahead. If Chris Carson's back next week, then I think it's just a big, ugly mess. Robert Woods is so remarkably consistent with yards. He is like 70, more, 70 or more yards every week. He had 89 this week. Um, but Doug Baldwin versus Tyler Lockett. I, at this point, I just cannot start Doug Baldwin. And is, nope. Ty- is Tyler Lockett their, their best receiver? Lockett is owned, I think, in 1% more leagues than Baldwin. Tyler Lockett is their best receiver. And the difference is on this team, the way they're operating right now without very many pass attempts, you need to be able to make the big play. And Lockett's the big play option. So I think they're both going to have bad weeks, but Lockett's more likely to make your day on one play than Baldwin is. Yeah. Uh, Miami 31, Green Bay 12. How interested nope. are you in Frank Gore? Nope. Frank that, Gore. That was not that was not the score. Green Bay thirty one, Miami twelve. Is that the score? <laughs> was yes. that the score? Okay. 
Uh, Green Bay 31, Miami 12. Thank you, Heath. Hey, the Dolphins won. They're 6-4. and four. Uh, <laughs> Boss. But they still have a better record than the Pack. Oh, wait. Who is a better winning percentage? I guess They're both the 500. Who, who is... Yeah, no, the, the Dolphins have played an extra game. So you can't compare them. <laughs> This, who, wait, this, if they were both in the same division, who would be in first place? The five let's and five. Try this again. Packers thirty-one. Dolphins no way. <laughs> who would be in first place? The five and five Dolphins or the four four and one Packers? I think the four four uh, and one Packers. It would come down to tiebreakers. No, check their winning percentage right now, Heath. It's five hundred. You're they right. Have the same you're right. Of wins as losses. <laughs> oh my gosh! God, that was so stupid. <laughs> Idiot moron. Wow. I am. I am losing my mind right now. I'm just <laughs> exhausted. Okay, uh, Danny Amendola. You know what you should do? You should tweet at Jamie and see if he'll give you those last five <laughs> minutes back. You know he will. Uh, seven catches for 72 yards on 10 targets, but Marquez, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, six catches for 44 yards on seven targets. So Amendola good, Valdez-Scantling bad, Heath good, Adam bad, end the show. I was encouraged by Danny Amendola. He is Brock Osweiler's favorite wide receiver, and I I think he's startable in PPR leagues, especially in games where they're playing good offenses and they'll be chasing the score. This was a weird, weird game for MVS because before he was the low-volume guy that was making big plays, they were throwing to him way too close to the line of scrimmage for my liking. How did this get to be an hour and ten minutes? An hour well, and we ten spent, minutes. We spent ten minutes figuring out who would be in first place if the Dolphins and Packers were in the same division. Ah, it was a tidy hour-long show. Perfect. We nailed it. <laughs> For Heath Cummings and Dave Richard, I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you on Tuesday with the Waiver Wire. Ah.